0: welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is really to explore a wide range of topics that get us thinking, get us wondering, get us talking, get us doing something. Ideally, it's a way to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us and doing something more because we've made the connection. So I am delighted to have two wonderful uh, women join me today to talk about some amazing progress that's being made uh, to support women and to support children and to change the world. I'm going to go as broad as that, but specifically um, to look at our theater culture and to look at uh, what we've learned from the children's theater and the challenges that it brought, but the revelations um, and... um, changes that can come out of it as well so joining me today is Laura Stearns she is a theater maker Uh, she is going to be doing some stage managing coming up uh, at six points and she does work on stage and off she is an actor she is a writer she is um, an advocate for consent culture and she is a survivor of sexual violence Shannon Custer is her dear friend and, <laughs> and uh, compadre. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> she is an actor, a writer, a theater maker, educator, improviser. Um, she was a group leader in developing educational standards. And you have a show coming up um, full circle in November mm-hmm. uh, on the Empathy Project. So I want to make sure folks know about that, but also uh, we're here today to really talk about the Children's Theater alumni wellness, um, as well as some educational standards that are being developed. And I'd love to start with, Laura, having you share really the history. Now, many people know maybe bits and pieces of the Children's Theater. They, uh, they've heard it on the news, but I'd love to have you give some context of how this, uh, the history played a role in in where you are today in creating a wellness fund.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thank you for having me back on the show. Uh, It's been a few years since we started having this conversation, Mm -hmm. and it's great to kind of recap. Yes. it's kind of interesting how many people don't really know what happened at children's theater and that history still lives in kind of a, a shadow.
0: A hush-hush. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, we don't want to talk about
1: that. That's, people don't want to talk about yeah. sexual violence, especially when it involves children. Mm-hmm. So I come from the, uh, the old school uh, at children's theater. I was there back in the 1980s and uh, – Back in the day, uh, there were uh, a lot of sexual predators at Children's Theater that were allowed to just uh, kind of have free reign on the the students. And they
0: had 20 years up to the yeah. point where you joined, where the, the yeah. culture had really been created right. to be acceptable.
1: Yeah, 1965 is when uh, John Donahue started the Children's Theater Company. It started out as a Moppet Players and then evolved into Children's Theater, and John was uh, he, he created an environment that really allowed for sexual predators to thrive, and the the culture of otherness that tends to surround uh, theater people uh, really ma- put us into a different category? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's that specialness that uh, that. Theater people feel anyway because we're sort of the misfits and the the outcasts or the people who are on the the, the edges.
0: But it could make you vulnerable.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And mm. and as children, when you find your place, and you find a place where you feel like you belong, that and
0: put on a pedestal to a certain degree.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And by not just by the people who are watching, but by the people who were teaching us. Mm. And then the, the the philosophy that Donahue had was he removed the barriers between adults and children. So the children were treated exactly the same way as the adults were, in good ways and bad ways. And when you remove barriers from young people, it does create space for them to grow beyond what other people would expect them to, mm-hmm. but that all th- the barriers are, are also safety. Mm-hmm. So the safe element was removed. So we were basically... Uh, Donahue uh, treated everybody the same in uh, even w- with humiliation mm-hmm. so he he was um he sort of ran the show uh, and kept people in line, which with... created
0: the complicity because absolutely as as there was mm-hmm. this powerful authoritarian force yes, there yeah. people, Became complicit one way or another, and great art was produced. absolutely. As... The,
2: the performance yeah. of it. I just want to pipe in that when you have these children going on stage and being incredible mm-hmm. and looking amazing and in control and beautiful performers, You're we odd. think we're, we think they are healthy, they mm-hmm. are fine, mm-hmm. because look what they can do. Right, and that is probably the biggest cover of the whole thing.
0: Well, and when you say that, it, it, we talked earlier about the gymnasts, you know, there's this sense of yes. that amazing. Look what they can do. Yes. And so we expect them to do right. that.
2: We don't think about yeah. the beginning to the moment when the light shines on them. Right. We don't think about that at all. We think about the product because mm-hmm. we are so product driven. We are so, look what they are doing that is so exceptional and how do we keep that going. And so it allows for all kinds of bad behavior. Um, not just in theater, but, you know, as we were speaking before the show, in sports and community uh, groups and clubs and, you know, for children.
0: So you recognized at a certain point, but it wasn't until you were much older that you realized that you had been abused.
1: Absolutely. I was first assaulted when I was 10 years old. So when I showed up at Children's Theater at the age of 13, I was already primed Mm -hmm. and you know, there's a thing that happens with people who uh, are predators. They can read children in particular and they understand and know who's vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So that makes you even more of a target. Mm -hmm. So I was assaulted by uh, Jason McLean, who was a company actor and teacher at, at Children's Theater when I was 15. And, you know, the thing with people who experience things like that you do have a sense of of responsibility that you feel like well I walked into that house so therefore I'm responsible and we because we were treated like adults we thought we were adults so I didn't really think that uh, that a crime had been committed against me. Mm-hmm. And the the thing also with, with sexual violence at, at a young age is you hide a lot of that. And there's a shame that goes along with it. So you aren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the harm that happens stays in the shadows and it will just keep kind of eating away at you and you don't even necessarily know what's going on because you don't connect the dots. Right. And so I didn't even recognize the the level of harm until I was much older. And I started you know going into a therapeutic situation when I was probably close to 30 years old was the first time I even started talking about um, so you know, 15 years after I'd been, Uh, Sexually Assaulted at Children's Theater was the first time I started talking about it.
2: Which is common, right? It's very
1: common. Yeah,
2: because that is something, too, that is hard to understand from the outside. Mm -hmm. If you have not been a victim of that kind of violence, you, you think, well, wouldn't you scream it from the rooftops or wouldn't you do something? And that is something we leverage against people. And it's so common. And in, in my hope in the future, we would be able to. right? But because it's such hidden in
0: the shadows, mm-hmm. um, there's a safety, I think, in, in staying in the shadows so that you're not going to be punished. You're not going to – not not believed. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes the courage to, to speak truth to power.
1: And the thing that's so beautiful about it is when you do speak, it gives other people permission to tell their own stories and – that's sort of the incredible element of it is, you know, you have people coming up from all walks of life, all over the place, saying something happened to me when I was little, or, you know, even as an adult, and I've never told anybody. Mm-hmm. And to hear somebody say that is really uh, incredible.
0: It's a trust, and it's a revelation, and it's an honoring because it it's a sense that. I trust you with this that I have carried for so long. Yeah, and how what what kind of beauty is that? You know that, and to know that there is something that you can offer, especially for folks that were abused by the Children's Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and that's part of what we want to talk about today. Our segment's coming to a close for this one, but I want to have you just do a little overview, and then we'll we'll continue our conversation because it's powerful in our next segment. But tell me a little bit about the ctawellness.org that folks can go to right now yeah. if they want to. And then we'll we'll talk more about um, the history of how this evolved as well as the theater standards that I know you've been very active with, Shannon.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so CTA Wellness is a, a, a survivor's fund that came out of the settlements with Children's Theater back in 2019. Uh, The 17 cases that were filed against CTC or their perpetrators and or their perpetrators Mm -hmm. came to a close, and there was an agreement made with Children's Theater to provide $500,000 as seed money for a wellness fund um, for children who, former children, who uh, were abused at Children's Theater. So that fund is now active, finally thankfully. And, uh, and we'll talk more about how people can find out if they're eligible and how to access it.
0: And that is ctawellness.org. And I take a personal, um, sense of excitement and pride to see, to know that this was something of a vision when we talked about before. That's right.
1: Yeah. And it was a great hope
0: and a great, um, it, it to see your vision realized, um, just opens my heart. I mean, I just think it's it's incredible to just have that trajectory yeah. and to share that experience. When
1: Gina and I were here together a few years ago yeah. talking about it and that this is a big passion of Gina's um, and she's really, yeah. really grateful to be a part of that. She's not here. Unfortunately, today she's out of town, but she would be here talking too. Yeah,
0: yeah. It is, um, it's exciting and it's powerful and it will continue to change the world.
1: And to create a lot of um, access and healing for people, hopefully.
0: And maybe set the stage
1: <laughs> <laughs> for for other organizations to do the same. Absolutely.
0: And to be leaders in yeah. such a way that it's not just striking the theater community. It, and if the theater community can be used as an example of how it can be done to make right um, for others, uh, that's powerful as well. So stay with us. We're going to continue talking about um, ways to access this fund and and way to be part of um, making changes, uh, make the connection and make the changes. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and we have been talking um, with two incredible women that have been developing um, new ways of being in our world. <laughs> go, wow.
1: I'm just going to go <laughs> no for the pressure big one. yeah. yeah.
0: No, <laughs> but seriously, we're we're looking at the Children's Theater Company and we we're talking about what what happened at the Children's Theater Company, the sexual abuse, uh, but it's a it is a emblematic of what's happening in our society and emblematic of how change needs to be made and this is a pathway that you took to make changes and to lead the way and to open the door to a new way of being in the theater that I dearly hope will be a revelation for folks to think about how do we just want to be in the world uh, and respect and set up standards and not hide in shadows when especially women and children are abused. Yeah, um, and and you've got a powerful story. Uh, who, who, if you've just joined us, uh, Laura Stearns uh, will be sharing more about her story in in standing up to the Children's Theater Company and helping to lead the way in making changes. She is a theater maker. Uh, she's going to be doing stem stage managing for Six Points. Um, she does work on stage, off stage, uh, worked for years at the Guthrie, making wigs, and has been <laughs> absolutely beautiful on stage. You know, creating characters that are are mind boggling and delightful. Um, she's an advocate for the consent culture, and that's really what we're talking about today. She's a survivor of sexual abuse, and um, she has made a difference for others. Shannon Custers also a good friend of uh laura but she's uh, stands on her own as a wonderful actor writer theater maker does stuff with radio theater <laughs> pilots create stuff she's an educator and improviser she led the group leader uh you were leader for the education component for yes. um the education standards that we'll be talking about and you also have a, a project coming up um Full circle, you'll be performing with the Empathy Project.
2: Yes, that'll be over at Park Square Theatre. We're excited.
0: That's exciting. We're also uh, ultimately wanting to let the audience know about the Children's Theatre Alumni Wellness. And there is a website that you can go to, ctawellness.org. Um, and we're talking about how that sort of beginning with the end of mine, that, that's That's what's available. But during the show today, we're really going to be talking about what led up to that. And in the first segment, we talked uh, about the early days of the children's theater, the culture, the complicity, the challenges. Eventually, there was an investigation and a lawsuit.
1: Right. Uh, The Minnesota Child Victims Act was written into law in 2013. And what happened at that time was a three-year window, a retroactive window was opened so that anyone who had been uh, abused prior to that Um, as a child anywhere in the state of Minnesota could come forward with a civil suit. So in 2015, I came forward because of my own uh, sexual assault, uh, but also because I knew there were so many other people who had been assaulted at Children's Theater and that there were so many other people. I didn't know how many perpetrators there were, and it turned out that there were more than 30 people who were perpetrating against children at Children's Theater. So... Uh, I filed a lawsuit. It ended up going to trial in January of 2019. Shannon was there in the gallery, so I had her eyes to look on. Uh, And um, the result of that was that children's theater was found negligent for their participation, not found liable but were found negligent, and that's a whole other story we could talk about. Uh, But uh, what happened after that, what really catapulted me into this next phase of of really moving into an advocacy place, it was that CTC did a thing called uh, they filed a motion for taxation of cost, which was that they tried to get the, the court to... Uh, agree to, uh, allow me to be presented with a bill for almost $300,000 worth of their trial fees. So at that point, I just said, I'm, I'm done p- playing nice. I had, mm-hmm. you know, cooperated in every way possible. I was, Music. oh yeah. <laughs> and, and so I basically, you know, threw my gloves off. Mm-hmm. And and I called for a boycott, which is I think the one of the first times that you and I had a conversation was during that period of time. And what that did was struck a chord finally in the theater community because back in the 80s when these things came forward when Donahue was arrested the theater community really didn't they, they just went oh well that's what happens you know and when Donahue came out of jail they welcomed him back into the theater community and everything just sort of went away.
2: When I came back to the Twin Cities after grad school to work professionally I remember very clearly there was a few people I worked with who said yeah I don't really want my kids to be there just there's some history there but you know and and this isn't anything against the people who were just saying this but that was the culture like well it happened yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: so and I'm sure they've taken care of it so I'm not gonna worry about it right?
2: and we don't want to you know stir the pot whatever Fill in your, you know, saying here.
1: When you say taking care of, like, yes, at CTC, they had some policies and stuff Mm -hmm. in place. But I was on staff at the Guthrie at the time that this happened. And at that time, they did not have a child protection policy at the Guthrie. At the Guthrie Theater, Mm -hmm. like one of the biggest theaters in the country, didn't have a child protection policy. So they created one Mm -hmm. because of me coming forward and that I worked there. Mm-hmm. Had I not worked there, I don't know that they would I mean who sure. knows. Sure. So this is
0: or just any voice that says this yeah, is important. I right. Mean, who who is stepping forward and, and and acknowledging this needs to be done.
1: Right. So that was for me a, a huge eye opener to recognize that it there you can even have policies in place that say You know We're not going to tolerate certain behavior, but a policy isn't going to protect anybody. It's Mm -hmm. people who protect people. So we have to –
0: And if the policy doesn't have any strength, it's not going to be ignored. It it will be ignored. And if it doesn't exist at all, then there's nothing you could do. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So that summer when that happened, I called uh, together a a group of – theater artists, mostly uh, people who are leaders of theater companies that I knew because I've worked around town for so long and know so many different people. And there was about maybe 15 of us that got together and and just said, you know, something needs to happen. We need to do something so that this kind of, and I don't mean the stuff that CTC did with the taxation of costs, but that the behavior and the harm that is happening in the theater community We need to address it. We need to look right at it and and name it. And there was so much uh, harm happening. At the Guthrie Theater, there was um, a woman who came forward in the scene shop who uh, had been experiencing harassment in the Mm -hmm. scene shop there, and she made a very public statement. Outcry, mm-hmm. uh, and there were other people who, like, she left that job, and and, job. and, and yeah. another person in the scene shop left in solidarity with her to say, "Hey, this is a problem, and and nobody's really addressing and paying attention." So that called me to really want to um, advocate, advocate, yeah. and bring the. P- bring people together because me by myself going hey something needs to change it, you know I can say some, I can get on the radio with Lori Fitz and say <laughs> some things but that's you know it's not really gonna make huge change so it was really um, striking a chord with the community and that's what. Uh, was the, in, the instigator for what now is the the, th- policy, the theater safety standards
2: take it away from when something bad happens this is what you do and start focusing in on let's not have the bad thing happen prevention right, <laughs> right. You know, yes let's yeah. change the culture <laughs> yes right. and then also the
1: idea of of accountability like that's mm-hmm. just not something that people move towards it's like the four-letter word, nobody wants to speak. Mm-hmm. So what would it look like if people actually moved towards accountability instead of away from it? And that's what we're trying to accomplish with the Minnesota Theater Safety Standards. And that's what Shannon has been working on with mm-hmm. me. And then a, a large part of that, these these kinds of documents exist in other cities. So Chicago has one, Cleveland, New York, L.A. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and those documents are mostly... Rep, uh, representing and addressing issues with performers, and they don't really talk about people in production areas, and they do not talk about theater education. And it's a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear Shannon talk about, you know, what the importance of making sure that children who are being taught, not just young children, but are young adults, moving into the theater profession and not having an understanding of what the expectations and
0: are. And we're going to create a little bit of a theater... Um a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, I love those. I know, you do, I know you do it with the... your, your radio dramas. We're going to have a little radio drama lobby, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, I've already blown through um, <laughs> this segment. I would love to have you just give an overview, but we're going to feature... Your perceptions Absolutely. and work and and perspectives of why this is so important in our next segment. Mm-hmm. But at least give us a, a quick overview of, of what the work is and then we'll talk more about it in our well, next I, segment.
2: I think what makes it so important that Laura was talking about was for people in theater, many begin their careers literally when they're children. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if it's something you do for fun, this is where you learn how theater works. Mm-hmm. I'm just Even in the high school
1: again. production, how right? How
2: theater works—you just mm-hmm. that's how. And so the discomfort or any sort of trauma, any anything that happens that is not healthy becomes industry standard. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, you are in a sense primed to continue taking this abuse because mm-hmm. you have not been told that that is not the way it should feel or be.
0: Or allowed to question.
2: Exactly.
0: Because of oh, the well, way Oh, well, then the, you're
2: not going to get hired.
0: Right. right. Well,
1: the show must go right. on, and right. you have to suffer right. for your art. These old adages still live today, mm-hmm. and our young people think that that's the way it's supposed to be, and they don't recognize that they actually have a voice.
0: Mm-hmm. And we'll be talking about how you're going to support their voice, as well as Proactive instead of reactive ways um, to set guidelines, to set people up for success versus to try and uh, Mm. help them after there's been, um, you know, uh, horrible instances that should never have happened. So yeah. let, let's let's clean it up. And let's set the stage, as I said before, <laughs> um, for others to consider it as well. It. So stay with us. We'll learn more about the theater standards and, and progressive ways of looking at keeping it safe for children especially. Uh, and then I want to make sure you all know to go to cta ctawellness.org. Um, uh, if you know of someone, if you yourself want to access the funds, um, talk about it. Let people know. We need to spread the word that this is an important fund available for folks um, who need support and we want to be there for them. Make the connection. Thanks. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm your host, Lori Fitz, and we've been talking about the Children's Theater and a Children's Theater Alumni Wellness Fund, and I have... Laura Stearns, who is a theater maker, she's stage managing a show coming up at Six Points. Um, she's a writer, and 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 especially I admire her for her advocate for a consent culture. And we've been talking about what she uh, what she did in standing up to children's theater, and how it evolved into eventually a fund uh, to help s- support uh, children's theater um, survivors. Of victims, of victims of um, uh, abuse. So, tell me about where the fund um, is allocated to go, mm-hmm. and what are the
1: guidelines? Right. So, like I said earlier, there was a lot of abuse happening between 1965 and 1986. So, the fund is for former students who were not just students but uh, child performers. They didn't have to necessarily be a student. There were a lot of access points for uh, for CTC. Sometimes they were working backstage or they were in an urban arts summer theater program that was connected to the theater. There were lots of different ways people can connect. So there were also so many people abusing children that unfortunately there are very likely... Hundreds of people who will up, 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 be eligible for this fund. So the fund is created as a support for the mental and physical well-being of survivors of emotional, physical, and sexual violence at, at children's theater. And if you go to the website, there are some elig- eligibility um there's an eligibility right. statement, right? Yeah. So it's – and it's basically anybody who was 19 years or younger when they arrived, um, that's the, the main reason – the main uh, qualifier. Because you're focusing right? on children. Yes, exactly. Uh-huh. So – and and the, the thing that most people don't really understand, I think, about the way that sexual violence affects people is – you don't always connect the dots about how you're, you've are you been affected. And because children compartmentalize things and they put them in categories that uh, so that they can cope with it, they'll, they'll have coping skills that work really well in the moment. And then 10 years down the road, 15, 20 years down the road, those coping skills no longer work. But you aren't connecting the dots and understanding the genesis of the problem. So you may have... Um, you know, relationship issues or work issues or, you know, sexual incompetence, like all, there's all kinds of yeah. things that can happen and you don't recognize the, the, the reason for it. So we have um, a group of us who were former litigants, also some just former students, worked together over the last uh, year and a half with uh, a group of therapists from the center for emotional uh, healing the center for trauma and i can't remember the acronym (laughs) the midwest center for trauma and emotional healing there it is and and these these group of therapists work in in more of a a, a somatic way and they really try to um, understand how trauma lives in the body and help survivors understand how trauma lives in the body Mm -hmm. so they're a really great resource and we spent a lot of time training them and getting them to understand the complexity of the, the community trauma that mm-hmm. happened at CTC. Mm-hmm. And that it wasn't just that people were inappropriately touched. There was a lot of inappropriate behavior um, emotionally. And so we, we wanted them to be able to, when, when you've experienced something like what we did at CTC, it's very difficult to describe And if you haven't experienced it yourself, Mm -hmm. you almost don't even really wanna bring it up with anybody because people just don't get it. Even therapists don't understand what happened. Mm -hmm. So these folks are trained in trauma and not every therapist is trained in complex trauma. Mm -hmm. So they have now a, a history or they understand the history so that when people call in, the callers don't have to explain the situation. And they'll just so now they have a context, they have a container where they can go in and feel understood. So yeah. so that the therapists are going to help them find the resources that they need. And sometimes Navigate those resources, essentially. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. those resources aren't traditional like uh, therapeutic modalities, because mm-hmm. not everybody does well sitting in a room with a therapist doing talk therapy. Right. Sometimes people need. Uh, to, to go move. to, well, yeah. be a, a, a question therapy, yeah. go, you know, work with horses yeah. or, you know, there's all kinds of ways that people can find healing and move that trauma energy through your body. That's, that's what we're hoping to do is help people move trauma. And so that's what we, that, that's what the fund is for is, uh, is to help people find resources um, and not just not just financially have the resources, but these folks. And no matter where they are, we've got uh, phone lines that are accessible across the country, across the world, because people scatter and go wherever they, they need to to feel safe. So they can call from wherever, and, and our, our uh, application consultants will help them find resources wherever they are.
0: And I I sense one of the ways that you've been working on your own healing is to setting up and being supportive of the mm-hmm. educational standards so that the future completely individuals don't have to face what you faced.
1: yeah it, it is it's an it's a derivative or it's a natural progression yeah. from what I've experienced to make sure that other people don't have to have gone through the same kind of thing that there are uh, resources and standards set up already to protect yes you. yes
0: and Shannon, uh, I didn't do a formal introduction at oh, in the beginning, that's... but I want to make sure um, Shannon led educational aspects of the standards. Um, actor, writer, theater maker, <laughs> educator. friends of Laura.
2: Friends of Laura. <laughs> How all One, my resumes. Uh, and it should now. be. It should be. It but, should be. But
0: tell me more about the process for you in, the, in setting up those educational standards.
2: Yeah, it was very exciting. I, was, uh, I co-directed that particular segment of the education with a, a very renowned actor in town named Stephen Yoakum, and we we got together um, with the leadership of, um, you know, the entire organization of Mintech, and talked about what our experiences were like. Mm-hmm. So many performers, stage managers, designers have been through some sort of training, whether it's theater summer camp or, you know, MFA programs mm-hmm. or you name it, and... Mm-hmm. What we discovered was that education within the, th- the world of theater is so varied and it can look so many different ways. It can be a one-off class in a library or it could be a six-year intensive program. And at the heart of it were so many commonalities, such as that cult of personality or if you had a question or you felt unsafe, you need to be quiet or you're not being a good Team member, or you're not, um, you know, taking care of your partner, or, and it just it it creates a, a breeding ground for some some bad behavior, mm-hmm. I, you know, not to be. And for many years I have
0: to say it's been a very male dominated.
2: For absolutely. And
0: and it has not, it's only recently I think I've seen really good female directors be able to hold their own and, and be recognized. And be recognized. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And women's voices were very often subjugated, mm-hmm. you know, to the overall male dominant culture.
2: And I think what we really came to was that we love this art form and it needs to do better, and that, that's become almost oversaid now. But one of the things that really struck us was that theater as a tool, not even if that's not what you're going to do for your life, but theater as a tool can be, I mean, just transformative to young people, to teach them to use their voice and storytelling. And if they enter our world, just to get to, you know, proprietary about it, but if they enter our world, then they better be safe, that there better be... Because we're welcoming them into exactly. a very, um, a vulnerable place,
0: mm-hmm. where. In true theater, as you're looking at transformation, you open yourself up
1: entirely.
2: Absolutely. And, and that is the
1: most vulnerable uh, profession I know of. I mean, I really can't is. think of anything yeah. else that's like it. Yeah, it's the,
2: raw. It's and we, physical, we, mental, it's all parts of you. And yeah. we
1: want p- these young people to understand not just that things should be safe, but they have the right to safety yes. and what to expect in those spaces that they don't have to accept unacceptable behavior from people just because they're in a position of power. mm mm-hmm. And Shannon mentioned Mintac, that that acronym. Yeah, I just want to say to what back that is. For that too. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 I was sounded fancy there. <laughs> the Minnesota Theater Accountability Coalition, and uh, that is the group of people that came together yeah. to create the the Minnesota Theater Foundational Standards for Safety and Accountability. That's a mouthful.
2: Yeah, it is a mouthful. <laughs> but so do, it has an acronym, so it's legit. So do theaters adapt? and say, yes,
0: we accept these standards? Or is this something that you're working on that is going to be hopefully enforced? I mean, what what do you do with the guidelines? Oh my gosh, that's it's a big such question. A good, yeah. good
1: question. <laughs> such a good yeah. question. Right now we're at the stage of just, we've written the standards um, and they are going to be launched on the website, which is mntac.org m-n-t-a-c.org and uh, those will be coming out in the next couple of weeks and on October 11th we're going to be doing a Facebook live uh, sort of walkthrough of the standards yeah. so that people can see what they're all about and what we're hoping for is that both artists and organizations will sign on to this document and say we support it, we endorse it and and uh, Eventually, we're hoping that there will be an element of, of oversight, yeah. because the, the through the conversations that we had, the, there were four things that rose to the surface that were major concerns in theater, uh, just as a, as an industry, but also in education, and that is safety, accountability, oversight, and transparency.
2: Oh, you did it. I was like, yeah, that last? <laughs> yeah, I know. As my brain was going well, to find it, find as
1: a, it. As a theater goer.
0: I would love to see the standards if they accept it on their website. Yes so exactly. that when I'm making yes. my choices about where to go to theater, I want to see it on the program. Thank you so that I can be proud of the show that I'm supporting knowing that they have kept these standards.
1: You're my favorite person right now for saying <laughs> that uh, that, that is right it, it, yeah. it, and it should be that everybody knows about them and that mm. are, are you a Mintack theater? Yes. Do you and that's ha- follow true the for, standards you know a mm-hmm. stage
2: manager or light right. operator says right. i would like to know if this particular theater has
0: because that's where i want to mm-hmm. invest my entertainment that's dollars right. that's is right. a place that i feel good about how they created the art not just the art that the but how is the institution cares created.
2: enough yeah. to
1: follow those standards and say yeah. and we all know that things don't go right. perfectly right. and but, that things are going to but if you but have you've accepted a process the in yeah. place yeah. and you say here's what's going to happen when not mm-hmm. if when things don't go Properly, here's the the structure, and it's something that
0: theaters should feel proud of. Yes, and take pride that they are. Of course, I've run over, (laughs) so (laughs) we're going to just keep talking. We do, we do. We'll need to take, but when we come back, I do want to talk about how people can invest in this Mm -hmm. uh, program, um, how they can support the good work that you're doing, um, and what's next. So stay with us. We'll be right back uh, for a very short fourth fourth segment. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. Um, Thank you for being with us today. It's been a great conversation. We've had Laura Stearns, who is a theater maker, stage manager, actor, writer, back (laughs) behind the scenes, and today sharing her story uh, as an advocate for the consent culture of the future. Um, She's a survivor of sexual violence and has been sharing her story about um, Children's Theater Company, And I am so proud that she is here to talk about that. (laughs) Just because you've been on the show a few times Mm -hmm. and each time – You've put out there a vision of what you'd like to see.
1: And it's happening. It's starting yes. to happen. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. And e- and t- the standards was a, a dream of yours.
1: Yeah. The Minnesota Theater Safety yeah. Standards is is uh, coming to life. And it's pretty incredible. It feels mm-hmm. like an, a new shift. Like there's a new wind in town. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And Shannon Kester has been also sharing her work on the theater standards and also yes. your dream for the future. Yeah. And, and what it should look like and yeah. how it should look like.
2: Because we love theater. It just needs to be safer, better and it will be yeah, because will of be. this. Mm-hmm. And I you care so. about kids. Oh, yeah. Because eventually, you know, they're gonna hire me. I need them <laughs> I, I need them. them to be healthy and strong. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hold safe spaces for me when I'm sixty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Seventy. <laughs> and in this segment I do wanna have uh, the folks that are out there that are going, this is important. How can I help? Um, So I want to be able to open this up to how can they help? What are ways that the audience who've been moved by what you're doing, how you're doing it, share with us what can they do?
1: Well, for the CTA Wellness Fund, that is the the fund for the alumni of children's theater that were harmed back uh, between 1965 and 1986, there is a donate page on the website, which is ctawellness.org. And uh, you know we had an initial donation of five hundred thousand dollars from Children's Theater uh, through the settlement process uh, after the cases were finally settled that were um, filed against them. And five hundred thousand dollars sounds like a lot, but not when you consider the amount of people who are actually eligible for this fund. Because mm-hmm. we are talking a lot of people. So uh, please go to the website and and donate and even. $20 yeah. is great, but if you got yeah. more, that's great too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and if you know someone that was at the Children's Theater, yes. or you yourself were, we're at the at Children's the, Theater, yes.
1: yeah. please, go, please go to go. the website yeah. and, and check it out. And again, people don't always understand how they were harmed at the time. And hopefully the 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 narrative that we worked so hard on in the website uh, to show the levels of 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 experience, and uh, another piece of this that's so complicated is when we were working there, there was so much joy involved in what we were doing as well, and so the trauma piggybacks on joy, Mm -hmm. and you don't, it's really hard to separate them, so people have a hard time holding multiple truths, and the truth is there were aspects of my experience at Children's Theater that were Incredible and made me who I am today as an artist. So how do you separate those things and, and not does, feel does guilty? That, yeah, yeah and does yep, the one yep. thing cancel the other? No, no, they don't. They both get to exist. But you so, can help
0: right the the wrong yeah, for yeah, others.
1: You can find the ways that that the things that work that mm-hmm. are still working for you today, and take them with you, and let go of the things that don't. And that's what we're trying to um, make really clear on the website is that everybody's experience is is valid, and and we want everybody to just be where they are, and we're going to meet people where they are.
0: You have a a statement on the website that just moved me to tears Mm -hmm. in terms of um, having folks understand where you're coming from. We value, respect, and support each person's timing for healing and being in charge of one's own process. Everyone has the right to take time to move forward at an individual pace while being held with tenderness and care.
1: Yeah.
0: And and that applies to us all. You know, it it's for the children's theater uh survivors. Yep. But I'm I truly hope that as we hear this and as we talk about it and as we think about it, how can we take this and move it forward? You know, yeah. what does this look like? for our society
1: yeah and you can look at that website and see what our experience is and then also recognize that there may have been things that happened in your own life that are like well maybe that's not exactly what i thought it was and maybe i need to like investigate this and see it in a different way and then for the minnesota theater safety standards go to mintac.org and uh, check that work out
2: yeah it's so exciting we were just talking in the break that we are writing these for theaters and theater artists, but audience members, community members out there who want a safer community, check it out, sign on.
1: And
0: support it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, there will be a, a page on the website for people to endorse and sign on to the, the safety standards.
0: So one Perfect. takeaway that's easy to do, get onto that page and make <laughs> that signature. Do it, make the connection, and make a difference. Thanks so much for being with us today and sharing the journey uh, with these two wonderful women.